Is it summertime already? <laughs> oh gosh, well it seems like a great time to give a gay man some money. You may not know this, but Crisis Twink has a listener support option. If you go to the show notes and click the link, you may be presented with the opportunity to donate a small monthly fee to help support operating costs. It can be as little or as astronomical as you want, but any amount is appreciated. If I could give you a smooch, I would, but I can't. So enjoy these dulcet tones instead, uh, dulcet tones that many have described as akin to a very warm hug. So please donate if you'd like. Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twig who could save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is dear friend and native Texan, Emma Stayard. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. No, truly, what a treat to have you on. Um, is this your first podcast? It is my first podcast. Okay, well, welcome welcome to the Thunderdome. Um, <laughs> it is a low-stress environment and full of peaceful tidings and cultural musings. I'm so excited. Fun to see it live. This is Yeah, I feel like I'm like, Sometimes I'm a little bit more manic when I do the intro, just because I always inevitably end up recording these right in the two-hour window every day when I'm at my most sleepy and (laughs) just, like, beside myself. Like, I was doing my, like, work work in bed before we hopped on this today, so you're seeing, like, an overcompensator, basically, today. (laughs) Yeah, the caffeine has worn off. Maybe that's one of our biggest, you're an iced coffee person. I'm not. Yes. I'm a hot coffee person. And um, yeah, that, that caffeine is wearing off for sure. Yeah. I've been like off caffeine recently too. Well, by off, I say like, I'm, I'm getting a coffee once every two days, essentially, rather than two a day, like I usually do, but I don't really know what I'm filling the void with like smoothies I guess but like that's not really like that's That's not not supplement how are you I it's not the caffeine kick that I've been trying to get more fruit in my diet like you know like sugar is sugar is like not caffeinated but it's like a rush still you know like I just don't need that much fruit so I've been trying to like balance it out a little bit by spending more money on a semi-regular basis for smoothies and I would for coffee like it's kind of outrageous how much smoothies are like fruit is not that expensive or shouldn't be that expensive it shouldn't it is and juices are the worst of all the smoothies they are the ones that really I was on when I lived in LA I was on like an almost unsustainable juice habit like not I lived across the street from a moon juice, which is like the Gwyneth Paltrow endorsed um, juice brand. So that was not great for my wallet. Um, Were you ever an Erewhon person? Yes. I Ah. not, not like a deep Erewhon person. Like I'm not 
for the most part, not big on like health foods, like the ashwagandas, the like the goji berry, all that. Like, okay, like this is fine. Like I take a Centrum gummy multivitamin for men every day. And that is my, <laughs> that's nature's supplement for me. But I, Erewhon is more fun to go to as like a lifestyle tourism kind of spot, like than anything else. But juices, I I mean, juices are also sort of nonsense, but they are like fruit. It's always fruit and it's it always vegetable. Fruit. I've done a juice cleanse before. Oh, how long? Three days. I think how any more it? than three days and it's like a problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's not. <laughs> a little, that's a little too much for me, but um, I, I have liked them every time that I've done them. Um, okay not not as like a weight like I don't use it for a weight loss thing but as like a nutrient and like hmm, try not to be gross on this podcast like a gut health (laughs) reset (laughs) yeah it's it's good it's good um every once in a while (laughs) did do you spend astronomical amounts of money for three days worth of juice absolutely but like is it worth it Lots of money to sort be the hungriest of. you could ever. <laughs> well, they uh, always tell you that the hunger subsides after the first day. I'm here to tell you that's not <laughs> true at even in the least bit. Like, I'm not a big snacker, but like, I was truly like every waking minute of every day, I was like, I need a tortilla chip right now, or else I'm going to like do something drastic. <laughs> like, oh, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, 72 hours seems like the longest you can go like that any longer. I mean, you'd just be. Thank God juice is tasty because if it was like, I know I've seen people do just like these like Soylent cleanses or whatever. Like that I've had Soylents before Mm -hmm. just from like office snacks and like provided stuff gross. I don't, it tastes like a mud mask. Like, I don't know how you people do that sort of cleanse yeah either I had like some high school guy friends who were like like Elon Musk was really in them and like that was a yeah. very Elon kind of thing to do and they would like buy it by the case and this is what we're doing like, that's the horrible decision <laughs> there is this like tech bro drive right now to sort of like transcend the human form almost they're like oh like we're not gonna cook we're not gonna like eat traditionally we're gonna drink this like goo out of a bottle that has it's like densely caloric and has every nutrient that you need but like it's not gonna be tasty we're not gonna make it tasty because we don't want to form like an earthly attachment to this exactly we don't have we don't have time to be worrying about nutrients between our lines of code yeah I just think it is such a sickness and it's also like you don't have to be doing all that (laughs) like you can eat a salad like it's not like anti-ergonomic to not eat a salad but anyway um okay I think we have to move on to our first segment so Emma we are going to play ring the alarm I'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history and you're going to decide whether or not to ring the alarm no wrong answers here, but your choice is binary. Does the alarm need to be wrong or not? You ready to play? Very ready. All right. 
first topic and truly the only like topical topic of the week. Harry Styles complains to Rolling Stone about people thinking he's not queer, but refuses to say whether he is or not. Does the governor need to be called? Yes, absolutely. This article. I'll bumping along in the article, like it's fine, whatever. And then I get to this part and I was like, are you kidding me? Like he, first of all, I think it's ridiculous because he's like talking about how he's like never made a relationship public before. And I was like, um, you're joking. Joke, <laughs> like I, I can name at, at least three of his exes. Absolutely. Like that is just insane. And then the way about it and the way that he is then talking about his new movie, especially among all of the like conversation now about like having like gay roles actually played by gay people in mm-hmm. movies. And like, I don't know. And everybody's sexuality is different and, you know, everyone should figure right. it out and like you can keep it secret or not. But then to be like doing all of these, like it's so, it feels very hypocritical. It, it does. And like another pull quote from this that I hadn't noticed when I like made my doc earlier is that he, so he's starring in this gay police movie called My Policeman with Emma Corrin from The Crown, who we, we, we love in this chat. But um, he gave this quote that was like, gay sex in movies is like not tender enough like this movie is restoring tenderness to gay sex and like a like what gay sex is being shown on screen in the first place like I don't know what media diet you're on but like the movies I've been watching and most people have been like call me by your name did not have anything like that so I'm like I don't know what you're talking about a yeah and b like you're doing all of this hoop jumping to excuse away your like glittery appropriation or what right. uh, I don't know it's not appropriation it's like it's just like queer baiting it's a like good old-fashioned queer baiting but like you're waving your hands at all of this and being like focused on the real issues or whatever and then you posit yourself as like an expert in queerness and media and it's like you can't have it both ways. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't, under- <laughs> I don't understand what he's doing. Also on the clothes thing, I think, you know, wear what you will, what you mm-hmm. like, do whatever you will, uh, you know, to each their own, but it's gotten a little bit crazy. Like I'm like for a while it was like, and he was like, wearing things that but I mean you know people like especially pop stars have been doing like male pop stars have been doing forever wearing like really yeah you know loud things but it's gotten where he's just got taken it too far this the (laughs) shoe for this article it just it's a hodgepodge like the the main image that really irked me like he's like holding a cake for some reason and wearing a fur coat and he's in these like rhinestone boxer shorts like I don't understand what the like 
what is the aesthetic vision for this? Because it's not cohesive. And there's also, I think that the, the cake, I was like, if it was like a birthday thing, whatever, but it wasn't. And the uh, embellished shorts make another piece. The outfit that really got me was the crochet top and sequin boxer shorts. Yeah. Again, it just doesn't there. It was like really good. And, he, I and he's worn some good afford. stuff before, yeah. but like I get really frustrated when people championing or people champion him as this like totem for gender fluid fashion or queer expression when by all accounts he's not queer and like right. it's ugly <laughs> like it's so <laughs> ugly like I remember a few years ago when he was like at the Met Gala and he wore like a sheer blouse and like black mm-hmm. high-waisted pants like all yeah. the way up and people are like he's so brave <laughs> like well it's, it does take a lot of nerve to wear that in public <laughs> but like I don't think it's it's not brave just to wear a sheer top right yeah and to to I don't want to diminish what he's done but to not to acknowledge him as like being theoretically like the first person to have done that yeah like, people have been doing have been doing that no and there are people decades. exactly and like there are people doing it right now at the same time as him like mm-hmm. Lil Nas X who make it seem a lot yeah. more aesthetically pleasing yeah I was I saw a tweet earlier today about Bad Bunny like he was on the mm-hmm. cover of Harper's Bazaar and it was like men can wear gender fluid outfits have them be actually stylish right like at the end of the day like the goal should be to look nice Mm -hmm. not like dressing like a clown (laughs) no offense (laughs) like he looks like a fashion victim like it's and he has worn some really nice cool things but they're like interesting menswear adjacent like suiting and stuff Mm -hmm. that like has like fun colors or sequins like do all that like that's that looks nice on you but like when you get crazy with it like there's no like there's just the concept you lose the concept it feels performative it's just like you're doing this just to do it not because the importance of like style and fashion and I don't know. I mean, it, I'm I'm gonna be interested to see like what the press cycle for this um Don't Worry Darling movie is gonna mm-hmm. look like when that comes out. And I'm sure I mean this is like part of the press cycle, right. but I mean he barely acknowledged Olivia Wilde in this piece. Yeah. And I don't know if you were have been looped in on some of the kind of rumors that have been floating around the internet about the movie. But there's a not. there's a big conspiracy theory that so I think this came out of some blind items, but then like external sources have started sort of confirming it. Um, allegedly, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde started hooking up on set mm-hmm. pre her separation from Jason Sudeikis. Oh, okay, which I, I don't really care about that stuff. So I don't yeah. like whatever the they were so into each other 
that essentially Florence Pugh had to come in and direct the movie herself. What? And she had such a frustrating time with Olivia Wilde that they essentially are not speaking. Until last week, Florence Pugh had not done a bit of promotion for this movie like she had the trailers have been out for months for this like mm-hmm. she has not shared any trailers she's not done any press for it like uh-huh. she was in this like Harper's Bazaar piece last week like I'm in the same batch that Bad Bunny did mm-hmm. doesn't talk about the movie even a little bit wow. except for like criticism for something that happens in the trailer I kind of buy in all this and I think yeah. Harry and Olivia are about to do like double overtime duty to like try to get the machine going again. Like the movie looks uh-huh. good, but yeah. uh, this is a lot of like drama out in the open for it. That is, wow. That's, it's been interesting because it's been some, like because of their friendship has been out in, I feel like I've got way more lead up and promotional materials like I felt like I started hearing about it like six months ago. Yeah. And, and I so think, it's, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I think like a lot of the other cast members have like been trying to work overtime with it too. Like, I, I mean, we're both like Kate Berlant fans. She's in this movie and she's been posting up a storm about it. Mm-hmm. And like Nick yeah. Kroll, who's like yeah. also in this posting up a storm, but like Florence mm-hmm. Pugh, no one, not, not one. Radio silence. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm, I'm, we're monitoring this situation. <laughs> okay, on to our next situation. Uh, Totino's pizza rolls. Does the government need to be... Or, oh, <laughs> are you ringing the alarm? I'm still getting used to this. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. This... Um, I feel like I was really late to the game with Totino's. This was not something I, with which I was familiar until high school when like my friends and I started going to the grocery store together. Like you'd be like hanging out on a Friday night. And then it was my friends that introduced me to Totino's and Mm -hmm. it was a really interesting time. That was, um, it wasn't, it wasn't my best (laughs) Like when the Totinos were getting put in the oven, it, it was yeah, it was a wash. Yeah, no, I it definitely is like a basement snack in every sense of that word. Like, like I do. Um, the last time I had Totinos pizza rolls was when I made a entire tray full for myself in early quarantine. So (laughs) that's kind of, and it was because they were one of the last things. And I do like, I like the taste of a pizza roll, but like, I'm not Mm -hmm. buying them myself, but this was when uh, shelves were not stocked. Like you can find pasta in a 30 mile radius. So seeing some, had a pizza roll kind of (laughs) night. You were like depths of the freezer, just (laughs) whatever you could get your hands on yeah it's it is a snack born out of like desperation or just like we have to eat something (laughs) but they're good I I don't know I mean I we were more of like a bagel bites household but every time I had Ah. like we had pizza rolls it was like a big treat Mm -hmm. yeah 
yeah I think so are you a big like frozen snack person in general like I feel like it's like such a like our adult version of that is like Trader Joe's like samosas and like yeah I dumplings and stuff I'm pretty I'm a big I love Trader Joe's dumplings I love the um I can definitely do the Trader Joe's appetizers. If I'm in a pinch, that is, that's a good way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love, I'm a really big, like if I'm thinking about my freezer, I am a big like popsicle, like ice cream person. Yeah. Um, so up on that, always dumplings, always got, and I'm a big frozen pizza person. I, yeah. I there are a lot of nights where I, like my default, I'm like, frozen pizza and I have to talk myself out of it <laughs> but it's they're always pretty good though except yeah. for um the that Chicago brace base brand that just this past week recalled them because they had like paint thinner did you see this <laughs> no I think it's home run pizza is the brand oh, they that is devastating they had like paint thinner or something in it <laughs> I'm like oh god <laughs> how did that happen Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I should do frozen pizza more because I have a pizza craving like three days a week, but always just kind of like, yeah, or just order fresh, which is like way more expensive. Yeah. (laughs) Like if I, I mean, if I like heed the call, but like I, a pizza roll though. Yeah. Has all the appeal of a pizza. Mm-hmm. in a roll form well it's not really a roll it's like a, it a, a pillow exactly yeah. yeah well if you need a frozen a new frozen pizza in your life the best one and I feel like it's really underrated is the Amy's frozen okay. pizza that is the best one the just best like original pizza. original flavor like cheese or what do you usually it's, get I get like spinach and it's just spinach and it's a pretty small one, so you can definitely eat all That sounds, I literally just wrote that down. <laughs> like, it's so great because the, like, I, I mean, I'm, I think Whole Foods definitely has it because they have like all the Amy stuff, but mm-hmm. my, Whole Foods is not great for frozen pizza. Like you can buy, you can buy them there, but they're all ginormous. And I've never mm-hmm. lived in a place with yes. like a palatial fridge. So um, <laughs> the, all the small ones are, almond flour crust which I'm Ah. on principle not buying because it doesn't I gluten-free baking can be very good but like Mm. not that like the not that like mm -mm. yeah I do have good things to say about um occasionally a cauliflower crust can be done well that can work that I've had homemade Mm -hmm. versions of that before that's been pretty good yeah um but I also am like, if I'm getting pizza, like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna eat the wheat. Like I'm okay with that. <laughs> like I, I'm, I like if I'm already here, like why right. scale it back a little bit? You know? Like, yeah, I don't want to make like I'm having a delicious thing. I don't want to make it like. Taste yeah, worse like I make it a me. little worse for like a dubious health proposition. I don't know. It is like life is all about little choices. Okay. Um. And last topic uh tiktok drive-through pranks are you ringing the alarm what are they doing are they like doing the throwing a milkshake like they used to on like vine or something so they are doing that that's like the worst version of this because like to throw a milkshake back that is like 
that's assault. Like you, I no car stole state, but like you should go to jail for that. Um, I am mostly thinking about like people like doing like it's the basest form of humor. It's like people doing like like little weird voices at the baristas, uh. or like speaking in like wingdings, or like doing dances outside the car. Oh horror I I don't know that's that's what I see and I'm just like how are we still doing this like this shouldn't be okay like I'm ringing the alarm for sure yeah like we don't need to be making those any harder like it's just there are so many other forms of entertainment so many better TikToks to make working in retail or food service are some of the hard, like the hardest jobs. Like you were dealing mm. with the worst people in society doing that. And I cannot imagine like just trying to give someone a Frappuccino and they're like doing like the Nicki Minaj dance in front of me <laughs> and not paying me. I'm like, right. this is like, I just want a tip, please. Like this is yeah. so rude. Yeah. I recently heard those things about um like it was a I used to work at Starbucks and whatever and they were talking about the forward Mm -hmm. situation and they were saying how horrible it would get like it would get really or like pay it whatever you'd pay for the person behind you yeah and it would means and then like somebody would get stuck paying for like something that's like sixty dollars when they ordered like one drink and so the guy was saying that instead he would just tell the next car like your turn is free. Sorry, we took so long and like lie about that so that he would just like end the chain. He was like, this is, this sucks. Yeah. Like, and, and all in service of this like performative altruism too. Like mm-hmm. if you really wanted to pay it forward, donate to like your local abortion fund or something. <laughs> like the guy behind you has $5 for a coffee. Otherwise yeah. he wouldn't be in line. Like right. he's not on they his bottom dollar getting to. a macchiato. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. Like, I just think, I think challenge culture in general on TikTok is like not, I get that that's like the clearest through line from that to like Vine and YouTube, but mm. it's, just I don't know like there's so many more fun things to peruse on that app and like get views for doing on that app than just like I don't know like throwing cinnamon at your barista or what I I made that up like I don't know if they're doing that but oh no (laughs) like oh my god if I were a barista it's out of their car a straight imagine I would just I would think it was like anthrax or something. <laughs> oh, <God>. oh so bad <laughs> wow I hadn't even gone there yet but <laughs> no I was just I was just thinking about like I mean I rem- I'm old enough to remember like the cinnamon challenge on YouTube oh, yeah. like yes. that... <laughs> I mean that was uh, at least I mean Ooh, I almost said the phrase, at least that was self-harm, which is not a great <laughs> phrase to say in a vacuum, but like, at least you're not like radiating that damage outward, you know? That's, what, that's what I meant. That's right. What I, meant. I follow. I follow. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. TikTok can be a vector for evil for sure. I don't, I really, I, I'm not pleased with that, but um, okay. Well, I, I think we have to go to break, but um, we will be right back. And we're back. Let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency. Emma, what are you rushing to the ER today? I uh, in Texas as, as a whole, it is seriously suffering from a cultural crisis at this moment in time. This is a lot to tackle and I'm excited to do it. When, when I think Texas, well, I don't know. I don't know what I think. <laughs> I, I mean, Texas to me is like the most American state. Like if I were like a European, just a random mm-hmm. European, and someone asked me to think of America, just conceptually, I would think Texas. I'm so honored to hear that. <laughs> I think that is the um, superiority complex that every Texan has. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it is. It's uh, interesting to simultaneously love and be concerned about Texas. <laughs> yeah, it's it is a state of many dualities. Like, I mean, it does yes. feel like two different states and like yeah. in one big thing. Yes, and it's. Uh, I mean, there's so much going on. There's so much. Like, I'm from Austin, and then to have all of that and then separately like Dallas Houston, and the like those yeah are really places unto themselves and so <laughs> it, it it's it's it, and that's not the politics aside like that's yeah. a lot of like cultural difference or whatever I feel yeah. like the big when I think Texas and, and now I have an answer to that when I think Texas I do feel like the Dallas Texas kind of like culture like big football Mm -hmm. big cattle big hat like that's Texas that's Texas like that it's like (laughs) have you seen big Tex so like at the Texas State Fair no I'm googling you are about it is gonna be it's gonna sum that oh he's so big he's so big yes Big Tex for the for those who are not looking is a giant. Is he inflatable? He's not inflatable. He he's, he has a strange texture. <laughs> like they, I've never seen like plaster or whatever that material is carved into like shirt wrinkles before. <laughs> like it's it's very um it's very interesting to look at. Is I like I, I haven't seen in a while. Hang on, maybe I'm looking. He has been constructed from iron, drill casing, paper mache, paper mache, and unraveled rope. <laughs> that got progressively more text. Unraveled rope. That's fun. How? Who decided that? I, wow. I mean, it was the. He is from 1952. So yeah. he's been around. Yeah. After the fair, has. his appearance was slightly altered to straighten his nose and correct an odd wink. He got a nose job. <laughs> one of 
one of my favorite topics on this podcast. Okay, great. Awesome. Again, Texas, a place of many dualities. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, um, yes. So in my research for, you know, this as a cultural crisis, my first thought, of course, was the Austin cultural crisis, which is the, uh, well, okay, growing up, the two celebrities that were from Austin or like were associated with Austin in any capacity. So these were the ones, I guess it's three that I felt the strongest connection to as in these are the plate, the one from where I'm from. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. Willie Nelson and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yes. Which is like three, like offbeat Texans, like, mm-hmm kind of like mystical country folk like well yes. Sandra Bullock I mean Sandra Bullock is Sandra Bullock but like <laughs> yeah I, when I think Texas I think like but yeah both Matthew McConaughey and Willie Nelson like pretty hardcore mm-hmm. yeah yeah so those were ones I grew up with and now we've got Joe Rogan yeah <laughs> Elon Musk it's and- crazy how much Austin has become this kind of like techno capitalist hub when I feel I like I mean everyone's heard the slogan keep Austin weird at this point but I feel like Austin's and correct me if I'm wrong not that weird anymore no not at all and I've had like people come and visit me and they're like what where did that come like why like well it used to be kind of and now like it's really like the big like the places where um like Janice Joplin used to play like they're mm-hmm. all like shutting down and so it's losing there are a couple places that have stuck around that are um like have been designated like historical places so they mm-hmm. are they were waived but it's just become a like swamp of like 20 somethings who are all there to work (laughs) yeah and like even cultural institutions there that on the surface seem really artsy and like keep awesome weird like south by southwest like Mm -hmm. I feel like most of the buzz around it is because of the concerts and the movies it's like a film Mm -hmm. festival yeah whereas you go and it's essentially like a tech trade show. Like it's all like these like VC startups pitching their new ideas and getting funding for them. Like the, the mm-hmm. cultural stuff is just like the draw and it's like, like the journalists in town, but then like the right. actual meat of it. And I'm sure what's like actually driving the revenue is this tech stuff. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's really interesting. It's so, uh, I can't quite wrap my head around like why it was what started that why did it get picked initially and I don't know as a kid I was like why would anyone come to Austin like I mean I like it but there's nothing to see here (laughs) I think a lot about um this article from like the New York Times from last year um about like a bunch of actresses from Hollywood moving to Austin, like during like early pandemic. Mm -hmm. 
because it has the reputation for being kind of like hippy dippy mm-hmm. boho interesting vibes similar weather to LA and yeah. like I mean until recently it was cheaper right so I think people and like you can buy like sprawling properties compared to you like Southern California so like I think that's the big draw for a lot of these like artistic types and tech people alike who are trying to like just find a greener pasture and relocate and take advantage of like property property exemptions and stuff but like you look at housing prices in austin now it's like real cheaper than la but like not that much cheaper not like justifiably cheaper to like move all the way there right yeah it's i mean i was seeing things about like people's rent going up like almost 100 percent like yeah. from one year to, like I don't know how I mean even if I wanted to move back I don't know how I physically could. no I mean I think it was the largest growing metropolitan area in 2020 in the country yeah. something That's, like that like that it's it's wild and it's all like tech stuff which has made mm-hmm. it like it's a very pretty fun city, but it's made it like a very different place I can imagine. For sure. There. <laughs> but it is also like only one city in a huge state. Like Texas yes. is a big state. Everything's Indeed. bigger in Texas, they say. Everything is a lot bigger. The uh <laughs> hair personalities yeah. I was looking today the one so I was looking up celebrities from Texas to see if I could learn anything no the one that really surprised me that I was unaware of maybe other people are aware of this but Jessica Simpson oh she's deep Texas I didn't know this I did not know well she like she's also just in like completely tied in the state lore by in by dint of her dating Tony Romo for as long as she did. Like when I was ah, like that's right. A middle school, like avid people magazine reader, like Jessica and Tony were like the hot couple. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> she is a country oh, girl though, because like her entire fortune these days is based off of like boot cut jeans and like yeah. I say this in like the nicest possible way because it is like a ginormous market. She makes like Texas mom goods. Yeah. <laughs> but like has made like literally a billion dollars off of it. Mm-hmm. Like very I genuinely very impressive. Yeah, it is. I mean, like her shoes everywhere, they are mainstream now. That yeah. is not like, you know, I've been seeing the the Katy Perry shoe race, the the Nordstrom re- website. It's no Katy Perry shoe line. It is. It is made in. It's roads. real. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, the the Katy Perry shoe line has been like an enduring source of fascination for me for like a half decade now because I'm like, I don't know that many adult women who would want to wear like a watermelon on their foot. <laughs> I think if Katy Perry made like kids shoes, which I'm sure she does, but like if she really just pivoted entirely to kids shoes, like she would make a fortune because yeah. it's like a croc alternative almost. Like she's making yeah. jelly shoes for adults. Like that's not like, I mean, I, I love a woman in business, but like, I'm, I'm, that's not like, you're not really understanding a core market here. Yeah. Not so much that. Yeah. Whereas Jessica Simpson, 
an aptitude, a business mind, <laughs> like yes. a true, true visionary. She knows how to make a stiletto. That yes. is, you know, we see her wearing them, you know, it, it makes sense. There's a line to draw. Yeah. I, we were talking about her over the weekend too. Like I'm not a, I'm not a huge Jessica Simpson musical connoisseur. Like the Simpsons sister I always preferred was Ashley who I did, I would not necessarily associate with Texas, but like she, Jessica Simpson was like the avatar for like kind of like a down home blue jean girl for a really long time between like the Dukes of Hazard stuff and yeah. like she was like the country pop alternative to Britney and yeah. Christina. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like country pop at the time. So like I didn't, but like when I was like five or six, I was like, this is kind of boring compared to like um, Britney and Christina. But like now I like, I have an appreciation for her, especially yeah. the song Public Affair. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And mm-hmm. she's had it she's really stuck around in our hearts yeah I mean she well she's just like she's had an, a 25 year career or 25 year career in Hollywood like very impressive oh, and she's making more money than she ever has so like that's yeah. she'll be around she'll just be one of those people who's like always around yeah good for her mm-hmm. <laughs> Who else, like, out of the, like, when I was singing Texas celebrities in my mind, for whatever reason, like, I went straight to cartoons, which is not, like, a traditional celebrity, but, like, Sandy Cheeks from Spongebob was, like, a lot of, that was a lot of Texas in my household. And then King of the Hill, which is one of my favorite shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, wow, that is not the route that I had thought yet at all, but but those are two those are some those are some Texas icons for sure yeah <laughs> that's when I moved for the first time to Colorado and I was like really out of the state as an adult human mm-hmm. I oh I you know I was in college and King of the Hill was like something people would be like oh you're from Texas yeah King of the Hill and I was like I guess so <laughs> I, I mean I think it's just like a really good example of like how tv and other culture just mainstreams these public perceptions of like where people are from or like mm-hmm. what like i i mean this is like way less fun of an example but like when i told people i was from dc in college they would be like oh like is the west wing real and i'm like why would i know that i wasn't like an elected official at <laughs> 15 but out in the west the real west wing no i'm not i'm from i'm from maryland (laughs) like if i were a president's kid like you'd probably know it by now but um no those oh no go on i was gonna say i'm surprised you didn't go beyonce that's true (laughs) that's true (laughs) and i apologize (laughs) i feel like the the houston association with singers is like similar to the way like Chicago is important to singers from Chicago like I feel like there's a very like hometown feel and they like really like the people that are come from Houston yeah it's very important to them between Beyonce and I mean and the extended Destiny's Child 
mm-hmm. family in Megan the Stallion. Like yeah. Houston has a lot of representation right now. Yeah. And, and Beyonce's new Houston, her new album is like very uh, Houston centric. She like shouts out Houston a lot. She's always mm-hmm. shouting Houston out a lot, but yeah. Yeah. Good on her. Representing. Good on her. What did you think of the new album? I really, I liked it. I, um, so listened to it all the way through at a listening party. And I am not typically a consumer of music, even though I know that that's how it's intended. Yeah. It's been curated <laughs> for me and yet I defy it. Uh, but, and I have also not, I'm not as much of a Beyonce person. Like it's not just, it's just not what I gravitate towards necessarily. I have a lot of respect for it, but it's not my go-to thing to put on. But I really liked the new album a lot. And I think that it was very fun. It was like a little bit slower than some of her albums in a lot of ways. Um, but I think she had a lot to say and she was taking the time to say it. Yeah, <laughs> she did. I, I, that was a very diplomatic response. The beehive was buzzing a little bit, but they've, uh, they've flown away. So they have uh, oh, from you uh, <laughs> specifically. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. You, you were, you, you did, uh, did the work there. Um, sure. I'm trying like Texas food is something mm-hmm. that I make a lot. I will say in yeah. my day-to-day life. Texan, my, Texan cuisine is like heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. How do you make your chili? I use the New York Times Texas style chili with, it has beer, chocolate, no beans. It's like mm-hmm. brisket chuck rose, yeah. no ground meat. That's how I mm-hmm. like it. And I eat it, okay. like, I make like Frito pies out of them. Yeah, yeah. that is, that is correct. That is I've made that one before and it is so good. That's so my Oklahoma. And so mm-hmm. she makes hers with beans. And yeah. <laughs> it's always very controversial. Texans are very territorial about the food. Like I, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I, I have a lot of family in Texas. And then when I went to North Carolina for school, North Carolina barbecue is also very like a territorial concept and like all of my Texas relatives were like are you gonna eat that crap and it's like it's literally just chopped pork <laughs> like you eat this too technically like pulled pork is not that foreign to, to Texas but <laughs> eating it in North Carolina is not giving in to the no it's it's like a sauce based thing because right. it's like it's... the vinegar versus the okay whatever ketchup based yeah is that texas barbecue i've looked up the difference about because there's also the um kansas city barbecue oh yeah yeah they do it differently the ribs yeah and there's something about like how long it's roasted or i'm not a i'm not a pit master or a grill master like if i if i were either of those things i probably wouldn't have a podcast so that (laughs) I'd be doing something more worthwhile. Um, I'm also like a big like Tex-Mex guy. As you know, I'm like obsessed with like chip and dip as <laughs> I think you're aware of at this point. But I <laughs> like that to me, if I had like a final meal 
a sizzling hot plate of enchiladas with oh, rice yeah. and beans on the side, specifically like the Tex-Mex style. Yeah. That's my. It's really, it's just unbeatable. There's something about it. It is so delicious. I also, I too go to a, like a green enchilada. Yeah. Like the, mm-hmm, that is, that's the epitome of <laughs> a delicious meal. I don't know what else you could ask for. Yeah. Texas has a lot of like, I, I can see why there is like a sense of superiority mm-hmm. in like Texan <laughs> supremacy sort of. I do kind of, I see it a little bit because like there are so many good cultural exports from yeah. Matthew McConaughey to Beyonce to enchiladas. Um, <laughs> but why is it so messy still? <laughs> like, why is Texas <laughs> so messy? Do you have any insight into that? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's too many things. It's a big space and yet it is still too much packed in. It's- yeah. It really, it's a lot of, it's like a lot of big personality. The personalities are bigger in Texas. You just, this superiority complex gets into people's minds and it takes them one direction or another. Oh yeah. No, that, that's a, (laughs) you can be either like a best-selling recorded recording artist or like Rick Perry. (laughs) No, no real like in between. Um, Yeah. Oh it is this the sense of excess is like truly insane like Mm -hmm. I saw a picture of the like the Cowboys stadium recently Mm -hmm. like which I've never I want to go there so bad just to see it yeah IRL but like I cannot I cannot fathom the scope of it like you see aerial shots and it looks like a city in and of itself yeah it is I don't I'm in it either I yeah I can't even imagine I like the the high school football stadiums they really are oh. all that Friday night lights up. I mean even there, there are some that are unbelievable it's crazy like I when I went to South by a few years ago and saw like the UT stadium for mm-hmm. the first time it, it it is and I kid you not three times as big as Duke's football stadium was like in terms of like just like the size of the stadium and the seating itself yeah and since you've been there for South that year they did an addition yeah (laughs) I mean it's just it's fanatical like football is like it is like a religion in Texas too as we've seen like Friday Night Lights and like yeah. all these other pieces of media but I think I've described before like what my like week would look like as a middle schooler and mm-hmm. it would be so every in seventh grade and eighth grade there was an a team and a b team for football so like Tuesday night would be like seventh grade b team and then the seventh grade regular game on Wednesday like a team and then eighth grade team and b team probably Thursday and then Friday mm-hmm. we would go to the high school football game and literally every single night. And I wasn't yeah. like a cheerleader or anything. I was... It was just like what you would do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, truly bananas. Like. Yeah. Did not like, did you guys have like marching band and stuff too? I know that's not like 
necessarily Texas thing, but like, yeah, we had marching bands wow. all through. Yeah, marching band, big thing. Everybody who did it, they were out all of August for like training because they were yeah. doing like formation training and stuff. Yeah, that's so hardcore. Like, I like your entire social life and like activity schedule even if you're not associated with football like radiates outward from football absolutely wild yeah it was not like that in <laughs> I suburban can't dc <laughs> like i mean the marching band was literally like it minimum once a year and one ambulance would have to get called because somebody was like heat stroke like yeah. not only are they out all august same with football like people are getting heat stroke because it's so hot and forcing them to do two a days like (laughs) and those like band uniforms like the the like the big hat yes you know like the little like penguin jacket stuff oh yeah so hot (laughs) like there's no (laughs) way like I'd be like it's like wearing like a like a Disney World like performer costume in the middle of summer like I can't imagine doing that no and you're Absolutely. expending valuable lung strength <laughs> playing the trombone like <laughs> what like it does not like I get that it's like it's the social thing to do or whatever but like that sounds like a truly grueling yeah lifestyle it was not I I can't imagine they yeah. were really they were dedicated to their to their craft have you seen Friday Night Lights I have seen um the first season, I think, until the one main guy, I mean, spoilers, but. No, it's, this show came out 15 years ago. Yeah, I'm like, if you, you know, but he gets a head injury. And then at the point when I was, or like a spinal cord injury. Yeah. And at the point when I was watching that, like, done. I can't watch anymore of this. It's too stressful. It, it, that's about when I stopped too. Like it's, that's a very tough show to watch like so it is so good but I've always it seemed like that show was like genuinely very realistic about yeah. what that kind of like cultural scene is is mm-hmm. like I'm yeah. trying do we have like good Texas media right now besides like Beyonce and Meg Thee Stallion like I'm trying to think like TV well you watch that you watch Candy recently right yeah I did okay. watch I, um, it's all, yeah, I thought it was good. I liked it. Um, and that is, um, yeah, I, that was very eighties. Yeah. <laughs> Texas. Um, yeah. And I recently, the, the Waco mini series came out. Oh, was is that like, a documentary? Yeah. Uh, it was like eight episodes, but it was, and it was okay. like not documentary, but historical Okay. And it's like the um, cult situation in Waco in the 80s. Waco as a city is such like a fascinating, like talk about a good rebrand because like (laughs) from only being known for like the cult stuff in Baylor to becoming this, oh, like HGTV oasis essentially is that that's a pivot. It is baffling. I mean, people are flocking to the magnolia market (laughs) oh I I, I'm bravely coming out and I say this knowing that they're like they're part of an anti-gay church and like probably would like spit on my shoe but I 
love Chip and Joanna. I love Chip and Joanna. Question, do you products from their, uh, their target home line? Um, I don't, okay, that's not true. I did at one time have throw pillows in my old apartment in LA that were from the Magnolia collection. Mm-hmm. And I have, I do not own any of the cookbooks, but I've made Joanna's peanut butter fudge brownies, mm-hmm. which were not good, but I think that was from a user error, not from. It wasn't Joanna. Well, it calls for, this doesn't seem very like home chef to me, but it called to make like ganache. Ah. And I didn't get that right. Anything with a can, <laughs> I'm still learning how to make candy. Like anything with like a candy thermometer. I'm just, I, I it's gonna either turn out okay or like bad. So I had like, I don't know how to describe it. Like it had, it essentially had, the texture of like chocolate fruit leather. Oh. They tasted good. Yeah. Once I, and this shouldn't do this. Like ganache (laughs) shouldn't do this. Once I peeled it off like a Uh. (laughs) band-aid. Yeah. But they were good. I would make them again. I would just get it right this time. But yeah. I love, I love this. I love their show so much. Even though I don't like this, the, that farmhouse aesthetic is like not for me really. Yeah, it's really it's come and gone. It it had yeah. its moment, and I don't think it's gone from everywhere. It is no it's very much still. It, it like weirdly <laughs> when it's like the thing in LA right now. Like everyone's doing really? these like yeah like these new developments in the valley are all these like modern farmhouses that look identical, like white painted like plank wood iron bars everywhere like open concept but it's like it's all open concept but then like the teeny tiniest furniture you can imagine (laughs) so just to make it look bigger but I'm like I can't sit in a chair that's like yeah like yeah it has a cow print kind of hide on it but like it would fit like one of my ass cheeks (laughs) like (laughs) I don't know how people do that no that's weird it took them so long to get the the memo also that the memo is radiating from Waco <laughs> well that's the thing like Waco's traffic or tourism traffic has gone up astronomically explicitly because of those two yeah. like the recipe from which or the article from which I got the brownie recipe like talks mm-hmm. about this and I would really recommend people go and look because it was a really interesting it was specifically focused on Joanna but it was a really interesting dive into her like multicultural upbringing and like how she sees herself as a Texan carrying Mm. on in this like mm, for better for better or worse like homemaker's legacy Mm -hmm. that she does not necessarily like share 100% but like it's but she's like transformed an entire city essentially in her image she's a god maker yeah she really is. I mean, the go like they owe so much. Yeah. I mean, I think they've you know, paid out into the They've oh yeah, gotten. I've it, been but. to pre gainsification Waco, and it is like it. I can't imagine what it's like now to be getting this many people in there because <laughs> it really like before it was like Baylor and then 
nothing else. I mean, yeah. I can, this is extremely niche, but I can tell you what it's like now. And it's that I-35 in Waco has been under construction for a solid seven years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like if your road's finally being used and like, you're t- like, you got to put at least like some flowers on the median strip or something, right. like blue bonnets <laughs> on the side of the highway because we got to make this look nice. Yep, they had to make some exits. Nobody was previously wanting to exit. <laughs> and now, like, th- that, that is, like, raw Texas power right there. <laughs> like, truly, like, transforming a little piece of land in your image in, like, 10 years' time. Like, that, tr- because, of ho- because of reality TV. Yep. The American way, in a nutshell. It really is. It's the American dream. Don't you don't have to move to the city. You bring the city to you. You bring this and, and you and you make it look nice. So <laughs> full of blue right. bonnets. I think we have to move on to our final segment. Okay. So we're gonna play tear the community apart. The rules of this are very simple. I've picked two songs and you're gonna tell me which one is better. Ready? Okay. So I picked these a little differently today. Usually I try to do stuff that's a little bit more like broadly thematic, like parallel kind of stuff. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but these two songs are from the two albums, my first two albums that I ever bought. Two hits of mid 2000s, like radio pop rock that have lasted well into the current day so which song is better unwritten by natasha bedingfield or this love by maroon five wow this this is a toughie Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah okay i am going to have to go with this love Purely okay. because when I was a child, my mom had three CDs in the minivan CD rotator mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Honda Odyssey. Um, the three CDs were Songs About Jane, uh, Matchbox 20, and mm-hmm. uh, Fly by Now the Chicks. <laughs> okay. Great. We had very similar CD rotations. <laughs> like replace the chicks with Abba Gold in my uh, car. And that's mm-hmm. like <laughs> that match. I think are you t- is that the Matchbox 20 album with like Unwell? Yes. Okay. That's yes. the one we had too. I, I can't remember what it's called, but Unwell was the <laughs> No, the the only Absolutely. I can name like maybe two Matchbox 20 songs. Mm now but I've heard that specific album like dozens of times if not more. absolutely I remember when when Rob Thomas went solo my oh, yeah. mom was like that was that was a whole thing it was well that that one um I don't remember what's called the one they they did it on kids pop like kids pop commercials I never listened to a full album in my life, but like kids pop commercials always had those like mm-hmm. 
medleys of like everything that was on the disc like I miss that kind of ad where like cds would like run ads to tell you what was on them but like lonely oh yeah lonely no more lonely no more was the first song in one of those ads oh my gosh and I don't know why I remember that but (laughs) you went to deep play that yeah that but wow but unwritten also I mean just yeah these two songs like scratch very different itches which like Mm -hmm. it feels unfair to pair them a little bit but this game's not that fair I songs (laughs) about Jane is a great album though like yeah I gone downhill (laughs) I, I like a lot of their stuff like up until Mm, I don't know, like maps, I guess. Yeah. That song Sugar, yeah. I think, is like one of the worst things I've ever heard. Though, and like everything from there on, I've been like. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. I have like some sometimes my uh like I'll get suggested music, and because I've listened to songs about Jane a lot, I'll get suggestions for new maroon five that you're not understanding the algorithm doesn't get it it's not the same no like sugar doesn't match it's too um like one like I've said this so many times like on this podcast and off but like going back to Harry Styles for a second like one of the reasons that he irks me is because he like paints himself as this like colorful candy cane of a performer but the music sounds like current day Maroon 5 stuff like I don't find it and I, like I, I mean I'm gonna set the decks and usually I just say it sounds like Maroon 5 period but like I need to set that denomination like songs about Jane is so good and I think every song on that album is better than any song Harry Styles has ever been a part of oh. you're really tearing the community apart <laughs> maybe maybe I don't know I like yeah I just like this love is so good and like it's like a polite little like bop yeah but it rocks hard somehow because it's like a it's a mini van sing-along song Mm -hmm. yeah it's like when um we've been like at like out dancing and um it's not coming to me the Florence and the Machine song the main oh dog days are over yeah, like yeah. that's not inherently a clubbing, dancing song. But when no. it comes in that environment, it is. And I feel like this love could satisfy thing If it was on at the correct time. Yeah, like it satisfies that. It's a great, it, like the sing-along energy makes up for a dancing energy. Like you can play like, not a ballad, but like a slower song in the club. Like you honestly, you can play unwritten like in the club yeah. and people are going to lose their shit because Absolutely. it's like, so fun to sing along to and like get goofy like you can like have a goofy moment like yeah it's kind of fun one of my formative memories and this involves Texas actually I was like visiting slightly older straight at well mostly straight at the time cousins in Flower Mound And I was telling them about how much I liked Maroon 5 songs about Jane. And they told me it was like girly, (laughs) like girly music. And I felt that was like one of the first times I ever felt kind of like embarrassed for like liking something I liked. Oh, 
but then they told me to listen to Green Bay American Idiot, which I did. And then that kind of changed my life too, because that's a great album. Yeah. <laughs> so they weren't, they were wrong to bully, but they weren't wrong to like steer me in a good direction. So, you know, life is full of nuance. You can have both. Yeah. And I, lo- my, I like my cousins quite a bit, but maybe it is girly music. I don't know. I, but I know a lot of like straight, I know more straight male dudes these days who like ride hard for Maroon 5 than, yeah. than mm-hmm. people in our, our separate communities or whatever. But Yeah. I, I feel like know. if you went back and asked your cousins now, they'd be like, yeah. He also love songs about James. I'm sure. Like, I'm sure. I, it, that album, if people have not revisited that in a while, like, it really hits top to bottom. Like, great, mm-hmm. great stuff. Even, like, to me, the most annoying song on that album is Sunday Morning. But that's just, uh-huh. it's a song I associate with getting, like, my teeth cleaned, which is, like, <laughs> not a, not, you know, not a good association. But, like, um, even Sunday Morning is good agreed yeah for some reason that's one of the songs I associate most with the album oh yeah it's like one of like the longest the the hits with like the longest tales like friend Mm -hmm. of the pod Nancy Smith did that at karaoke last month oh it hit like I mean it just like in the right context those songs really are just like awesome oh Emma we have to wrap up um, thank you so much for being here today. This was such a treat. Thank you. I have a for having me. Um, if you would like to be found on social media, where can people find you? Um, I don't particularly need to be found. <laughs> okay. She's a mystery woman. Shh. Um, I am desperate to be found and perceived. So you can find me on Twitter at FKA Pigs with the Z, on Instagram at Drew Haskins with the Z's, and follow. What is this podcast called? Oh, Christ. Follow at Crisis Twink Pod on Twitter and Instagram for direct updates and uh, mostly just memes and TikToks. So, um, all right. Until next week. Bye.